Hi, everybody. It's Lisa Coffey, and welcome back to Ancient Wisdom for Modern Seekers. Uh, today is March 27th, Sunday. It's Academy Award Day, okay. and we are all here. So this just goes to show what the priority is in our lives, our spiritual growth, instead of watching the Academy Awards. So, so today, uh, we're so happy to have joining us Swami Satyamayananda, who we miss so much. He was the assistant minister at um, the Vedanta Society in Hollywood. Now he's the assistant minister up in Seattle. And um, you can catch him um, live from Seattle on Sundays at 10 a.m., right? So we can listen yeah. to your talk at 10 a.m. And then we can listen to Hollywood's at 11 a.m. and get like a whole day of Vedanta, really, you know? If we cycle through the time zones. <laughs> yeah, the same time. <laughs> yeah. So our topic today is change. And I wanted to talk about this because I feel like, you know, and I'll bet you guys feel the same way too. There has been so many changes in our lives in the past two years. It's just been like, we've got whiplash from one thing to another, to another. And just when we're getting used to something, it changes again. And and I think it's causing us a little bit of anxiety and trepidation, and we're not sure how to handle it or why this is happening or what we're supposed to be doing. So um, I asked Swamiji to come here and give us some of his wonderful wisdom and insights to help us handle all of this. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, everybody, for the invitation. And yes, uh, this is one of the things that we are all in the middle of these massive changes. Now, apart from the social impact, the huge economic impact, the psychological impact, I mean, it's everything is coming, synchronizing and hitting us from all sides. We have not been able to really handle these, all these so fast changes. Generally, life takes an even tempo, a slow kind of gradual, and changes should be like that, gradual. If sudden change, it upsets your body and affects the mind also. This pandemic for a little more than two years has been so detrimental for our health, mental health. And the reason is, number one, there are so many experts telling us different things. There are so many news outlets telling us different things. And as a result, on the vast spectrum, we are getting something that's authentic and something that's kind of completely nonsense. That's the reason why these conspiracy theories have been floating about. And people are now beginning to choose 
what is real and what is not real or fake. That has polarized society. Like you have anti-vaxxers and you have vaxxers. You have maskers and you have anti-maskers. I mean, the word is so that polarization has made it difficult. Uh, speaking to one of the founders or discoverers of the smallpox vaccine a few months ago. He was a gentleman who used to attend this inter-religious uh, meetings. So he says, when the smallpox vaccine was discovered and we went on implementing it worldwide, we had no problems. The whole world was thus saved. What's wrong today? The, this has been the big problem that you can't expect people to, every one of us, to take this seriously. If it was life threatening, like the smallpox, everybody would have come on the side of the vaccine group. And the reason why people are not taking it seriously, some of the people just dismiss it as, as just fake, just media hype, is because <clears throat> we have not seen it up close. We have not seen that terrible anguish and suffering, not only the hospitals, but when Parents and children and teachers and professionals are all affected in the workplace and in the at home is simply it's not registering. But we need to understand that the the world and society has seen such massive effects of pandemics. History is a witness, not a mute witness, but a loud witness to endless suffering that has come upon societies who are not adequately equipped to handle this. During the Black Plague, one third of Europe was just simply wiped out. It started with the Justinian plague during the Emperor Justinian. There was this plague. Then the Spanish flu, supposedly Spanish, but then it was a worldwide pandemic. It killed millions of people. And it was a collective effort of everyone that went into, you can say, neutralizing this we have not been able to take these things seriously. Yeah, and I think, I don't, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but back then, there, weren't, there wasn't as many media outlets, right? So it was like the president says something, you believe him and you do it because that's the only information you have. Now, because of social media and stuff, so many people are saying so many different things that a lot of people don't know what to believe anymore. Exactly. 
and that's the reason why uh, we should have stuck with science. But here also, some of the scientific, you can say, research labs, they have not been completely transparent, including Pfizer. Now, there have been cases where the Supreme Court of Texas, I think, they struck down the Pfizer condition of keeping the data locked for 75 years. You can't do that when the, there's a pandemic going on. I know. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing is, I don't think that the pe people today have very much faith or trust in pharmaceutical companies because we know it's all about the money. Exactly, exactly. And these kind of things are, you know, fueling the debate more. Now, there have been now subsequent research that the, you can say, mRNA, modified mRNA, the RNA, you can say, molecule, is being incorporated in the DNA in liver cells completely within six hours. And, but this is still in vitro. That is, it's still in the lab, in the Petri, petri dishes. Mm. But this was not known. Why did not these research and the pharmaceutical companies right. just become transparent? When you have people's lives at stake, these guys are more interested in their money. Right. And the money is just pouring in and in and in. So we have to kind of maneuver ourselves very carefully which side we have to be on. At times, the side we are on also has conflicting, you can say, inputs. So these changes in society have kind of completely upended our ideas about work. There was a time when you had to go to office, had to be present there for work. Now things are completely changing. Of course, a plumber or a kind of a carpenter and all, you need to be there. Okay, You can consult but most of this work has gone online. This change from actual in-presence, you can say work, has become transferred to online. Mm -hmm. You can interact like we are doing now, as well as you can get work done. There's a tremendous shift. There's a development in computers, in artificial intelligence, in systems which can help people work online without being physically present. So office spaces are kind of running empty and prices are falling down. The, the idea of traveling to work every day is going on. So these incremental changes, education, higher education, how we want children to go to school and we need children to be there in schools where they can interact with teachers. That's it. But higher education, it's all gone online. 
Yeah. So it's changing education, which is so fundamental to our lives. It's changing business, which is fundamental to our life. It's changing social interactions. So yeah. this, there's a whole shift between the actual and the virtual. So we are now more comfortable in the virtual places. Right. And, Even and the doctor is like accelerates another change, accelerates another change. And, exactly. And exactly. It's, it's almost getting out of hand right now. I mean, now we we're just kind of kind of coming out of the pandemic, but then you know, there's another variant and then there's a war now. And so we thought we could travel, but now gas is too expensive. So I would how do we handle this? I mean, from yeah, a spiritual exactly. point of view. It seems like the world has just been upended, it like like one of those um, snow globes. You know, everything's yes. just shook it up, and okay, you know, we don't know where anything's going to fall anymore. <laughs> well, one thing has happened, which is this networking and this online. It has brought people together. Also, we are now acutely aware that what's happening in Ukraine is affecting us directly. Gas prices, food prices are going to go down. We have also charitable organizations, NGOs, collecting funds, collecting goods, collecting materials, going out there. So the divisions between nations or the divisions between societies is going down. The idea that this changes all changes are not bad. So if there's something bad going on, the world counters with something which is positive. So it has brought such tremendous, you can say, unification of people. Where, wherever there has been a conflict, now people are coming together. People are participating, people are helping. So this is the positive side of these changes. We are going global. We are now networked and we can understand when these images are you know, thrown down at us constantly of uh, migrants and you can say people who have lost everything. They're just trying to flee these conflict zones. It has shaken humanity. This warmongering spirit which we thought was over after the Second World War, I mean, on a massive scale, is still there. It is just waiting for us. And this, I hope this revolution in AI, artificial intelligence, and all these companies will keep on you know, whittling down the warmongering spirit because it has global, global implications. It is affecting everybody. I mean, when you see all these pictures, all these huge changes, suddenly these Ukrainian people who are le leading a life like us, quiet, steady, without any much problems, and suddenly they have become uprooted. And this is what could happen to us also here. Right, who right. Knows? Yes. Right, we relate, we relate. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we are also now anticipating some of these things that, you know,
people used to say, oh, these are doomsday prophets. No, you can say this is real and we need to counter the negative changes and keep the positive changes. Right. We can come together. This, these wars and these pandemics have shown. There's tremendous people have been these first responders have been so effective. They have no national or social affiliation with that particular group, but yet they respond. So there is a growing human empathy also growing along with that human, you can say, polarities. Mm-hmm. Both these forces, they actually they work together. Yeah. So when the positive changes dominate, then society is more stable and society is progressive. All changes, however, are cyclic in nature. It keeps on going around and round and round. We only hope that this time we are going to learn. Of course, the experts are saying that in the future, we will have such more pandemics, zoonotic pandemics, because we are encroaching on land or areas of species that we have not known or not studied well. Right. So we can expect another outbreaks, maybe in the future, but right now we can prepare ourselves. We know what to do. Yeah, and well, that brings up also climate change that's going on too, which is a whole nother thing. But this is all, okay, so this is where the big questions come in, right? Maya is change. Maya is illusion. And, and it's not real. We have to hang on to what's real. But at the same time, we're living on this earth and we have to fix it or the earth is not even going to be here to sustain us. There's kind of this pull, this polarity of, you know, what what is our role as spiritual people you know how involved do we get how much do we sweat it out and and also what is our role in this mentality of the us and them kind of thing like the russia versus ukraine the us and them and now it seems like the world versus russia but there is no us and them like krishna said it's all we yeah right so in this Polarity is like the good and bad, and you know, the big and the small, and the rich and the poor. Only these these differentiation will remain because of Maya, as you said. Maya is not real, not unreal. Mm. It is not real, unreal. It's not a mixture of both. So people say, why is there? all this suffering and this is Maya. And the work of Maya is to awaken the soul. We forget its positive aspect. We only say, oh, this is terrible. It's killing us. There are no solutions to this. It's only when we awaken from this sleep of Maya, then we can see 
that this was nothing but a chimera, an illusion. It wasn't real. But as long as we are here, we have to see that Swami Vivekananda is very saying, if everything ultimately has got no value at all, because it's not real. So why do we need to work? So he is very clear. So it can lessen misery, the misery that is nearest you. So you need to work. Secondly, like he quotes the Buddha, it is good to be good. So he says all the forces of good against all the forces of evil. Right now, evil is stronger, the changes are stronger because it's more unified, more integrated. The good people are kind of, uh, uh, they are good people, but they are not unified. They'll squabble amongst themselves. And that's why he was very clear, saying the good can stand on its own, but it has to unify. Yes, it's true that these changes and the reason why it is changing is because, of course, it is not the reality. If it is a reality, it will be unchanging, abiding, permanent. It is existence. It is consciousness. Plus, yesterday I was during that uh, retreat, I was saying, when we are here, we feel we are at the center of this universe. Because somehow, I feel I am here and you are all there, outside mm-hmm. here right in front of you. And you are all there and you feel that yeah, we are here and those guys are there outside. There is a very kind of a mystical element about this. Now we know that how when the earth's position was shifted to its real position and it's not at the center of the universe, but the sun is huge developments in science and astronomy, etc. took place. There's just a kind of shift in the perception. So I feel I am the center of the universe and you feel the other. Yes, that is the trick of consciousness. And the moment you feel that you are at the center of this universe, you as it were, drag all the forces towards you. It's like a kind of a cross, you know. You are the center. Okay. And the center, as long as you feel it's there, all the forces, the good and the bad, they all converge towards that center. But the moment this center of yours changes that, yes, it's everywhere, that is Vedanta. And the moment you come down to this, that somehow that center has to be changed. So what is the center? That's the center of consciousness. Okay. It's an illusory center of consciousness. The moment the real center of consciousness is awakened, then all the good and the bad and evil and everything else that was converging towards that 
center is lost. Mm. It does not stick to it because it's very strange, you know, if you see the symbology of the cross, crucifix, it actually means that. Mm. It's a, you know, it's a kind of, you, yeah, you, you are like that. It's at the center mm. of all the things. And as long as you have that center of consciousness, you feel this, this is there, you will have to fight and overcome suffering and evil and change so it seems like you know most of the most of the changes we've been talking about are on the external and kind of on a global basis you know the pandemic the war climate change that kind of thing but at the same time all of these big things are going on yeah we've got our own changes too i mean we're all aging People are moving. Our Swami moves to Seattle. I mean, all these changes we got to get used to. So is it microcosm, macrocosm kind of thing? Or why is this all happening so much to us right now? Because if there was no changes, there would be no life. There would be no mind. Everything is evolving. On the greater scheme of things, we are evolving. And that evolution means changes. If this changes stop, everything stops. It's not just possible just to even breathe. Ah, no. Everything stops. You die. So at the same time, it's like we are, we are here and uh, the earth is rotating and revolving around the sun at breakneck speak, speed. But we are not even aware of this. There's a dual perception of change and changelessness. Mm. And like the Atman and Brahman, they are not two separate things. We are using two words, Atman and Brahman, this and that. Actually, they are just one. Change and changelessness, you can recognize change only with something that changes less. But change is relative. So then, what about this? Does this also change? Yes. It changes in relation to something that changes less. And let, finally, we come down to a place where it's unchanging, and that is the reality. So you, these changes can take you deeper and deeper and deeper down your own personality. Society is changing, yes. Bodies are changing, minds are changing. Yes, and there are something in me that is more or less unchanging. I feel I am the same person who was there yesterday and day before yesterday. There is something abiding within that change. And if you can hold on to that, that's something that abiding, then these changes will not overwhelm you. As simple as that. So Swami Vivekananda says, so the Buddhist says, 
Everything is change and change and change. Everything is change. So the Vedantins will say, yes, you are right. Everything is change. But there is something which is unchangeable. And then when you say this changing is not the reality, then the whole thing falls down. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, when I, I guess all of us could think back on to when we were little kids, you know, and we remember, we have those memories. Oh, yeah. First grade, our teacher, our friends, the friends we had, what we did, you know, what we thought. And then, you know, it, it's almost like fast forward to where we are now, that same little kid and all the many more things we knew know now and and the wiser we are and the more experiences we've had and the people that we've met and all that kind of stuff and it's not like we want to stay that little innocent kid maybe we were having a good time but you know the growth has to come with change right now we are in the middle of these changes are happening so fast rapidly and we know part of us is unchanging, but somehow we are sitting on a fence between these two fields. We, the moment we understand, hey, this is the reality, just jump down on the side. We are now torn between these two, you can say poles, a change and changelessness. We have gone through this whole series of experiences of life. And every day has been different. So that all that thing is recorded. And that gives a sense of a continuity. The sense of an identity. That has been permanent. You know, Sri Krishna, when he says, Sutre Manigana, I am like the thread that runs through all the various pearls. Mm Now, in all these changes, if you can see that unchanging principle, that is the Lord there. Then you have come down to a point where the changes, whatever it is, they are not going to throw you off balance. You'll go with the change. You'll roll with the punch, as they say. And you'll get up after every every punch that's thrown at you. And that is what makes you resilient. We right now want to know that there is some element within these various changes, within ourselves, within society, nationally, internationally. We don't know if there's a huge comet will come and smash us down. We don't know if California, a big, the San Andreas, you can say fall it's becomes saying awake. it's coming, the big one's coming. We don't know when. Even Seattle, we are having we this time for that huge Cascadia land slip. The whole Cascadia, you can say mountains, have slipped over thousands of years, slipped a little little. So we don't know. I might end up in the Pacific Ocean and you might end up in the Pacific Ocean. We are both swimming together. <laughs> We'll be so we don't know. 
But yet at the same time, right now, through knowledge, through science, we can anticipate what will what changes because everything moves in a rhythm, a circle, a set like you know, yeah, you know it is now, you know, it's it's five o'clock, whatever. And then it's going to be five o'clock again after 12 hours. So we can track the changes. If you can track the changes in your life, that track the changes in society, track the changes in this whole, you can see, world, you can anticipate those changes, good or bad, which are going to come. So we prepare ourselves today here. So if there is a big earthquake, a big one, you can keep some emergency rations and flashlights and water because that is what you will require first. First aid, etc., etc. So we know that these changes are inevitable. At the same time, we can anticipate the future changes. The, yeah. Another part of uh, the trick of human consciousness is, like I said, like we feel we are the center of the universe and everything comes to us. The another trick of consciousness is we can see our own future. That what that's what makes us unique. Self consciousness. We are self conscious beings, and the price we pay for the self consciousness is we can see the future. Yes, death will come to me also. Disease, etc., will come. I need to prepare myself now. But there's only there's only so much that we can control. I mean, we can't control everything. We, we like control. to be in control. And I think having a certain amount of control gives us more confidence, you know, oh, yeah. and makes us feel better. But the truth is what we really have to have is faith. Because, if, I mean, we could say, oh, we know more sickness is coming. It's inevitable. But we don't know how or when or what or why. Yeah. So changes, like you're saying, there is like Maya is time and space and causation. So everything is bound by these three, time, space, and causation. So causation is you put a seed in on the earth and it is going to sprout and become a tree. Technically, we know this, but simply putting the seed in the ground will not do. You've got to water it, put, you can say, you know, feed it, and see that it can grow. You know it's going to grow, yeah. See this changes. So, we, there are certain things which are in our hands. The plant is not in my hand, but how it survives and how it thrives, I can contribute. So there are certain changes which are in my hands. There are certain changes which are not in my hands at all. So if we can do a bit, do the things that are nearest us that can lessen the impact of these changes, then what happens is we will not be simply thrown out of balance. 
In fact, the early humans, when they started walking out of Africa, they, they did that because they wanted to change. They were bored with that same place. Or maybe the food was less. Or maybe they were predators. Or maybe they couldn't get along with their neighbors. Whatever. Ah, let's go. And they kept on changing. So it's in our very genes. We are great travelers. We are great movers. Because we have embraced change. And we conquered change. We conquered all environments. We conquered extreme cold and extreme heat, extreme hunger, extreme thirst. And, and that's what made us humans so successful as a species. Yeah. Yeah, we, we took change and conquered it. And, and in a way, we we created change because we're so uncomfortable. We had to create change. Like, oh yeah, we got so tired of walking. We had to get a saddle to ride a horse. And we got so tired of riding a horse that we had to figure out a car, you know? So we have created change in, in one direction ourselves. And I guess, I guess we can still can do that. Oh yeah. Imagine if you have to watch the same television program Every day, you're going to, you'll die of boredom. That same thing over and over. Suppose you have to wear those same clothes over and over every day, behave the same way. You will die. Swami, if we had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the mind looks also for variety, looks for change. And these advertisers, they also know the whole. They exploit that. Oh, you've got this? See, this is better. Ah, yeah. So all salespeople, all advertising companies, they know that this is where you can catch them. Oh, you've had your beautiful television for 10 years? I can't believe it. It's I can't believe it. Oh, you can, you can take a little. This is a little better. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so the mind also is responsible for these kind of these changes and changes and changes. They look for variety. But like I said, the mind looks for variety and the mind looks for stability as well. So if you can remember that there is a, a stable element within the change. So like Swami Vivekananda says, the noumenon and the phenomenon, the metaphysics and the physics, they are not two separate things. The unchanging, Vedanta says, appears as changing. Mm. So, you know why the Upanishads, they say in very poetic language, right? I am one, let me be many. Mm. And it created all this, all these changes. So if you have desires in you, you will want changes and changes and changes and changes and changes. If you don't have desires, then you don't mind the stability. Oh, no, no, that's perfectly fine. So a child is given a, 
a red toy and then he'll cry and the mother will say, okay, take this blue toy. Okay, yeah, take a black toy. Yeah. Constantly, constantly, constantly. The child is, you can say, bored with something which is not changing. So behind that is the mind and, and the root of that mind is that desires. So, and then, like I said, if we trace that thread between all these changes, you will find that stability, the thread that runs toward it. Right. If we come down to that, then the changes are not going to upset you, affect you, nothing. Social so then, changes, the society has been changing. Yeah. yeah, so then we'll be more like that, the eye and the storm, right? So we're all centered and everything's whirling around exactly. us, but it's not bothering us. Yes, exactly, exactly. So the, there's a calm in the eye of the storm. That's the main place. All around, there's a huge destruction going on. Chaos. But you have seen the calm. In fact, uh, I had seen a picture of a small bird in the midst of a storm. It is in the in a uh, cliff face. It's a kind of in a hollow and sitting quietly, the storm all around. And the title of that picture was Peace. Mm. It has found peace in that storm. It has found its space. It has found its location. It has found that stability. So that is what we can learn when we need to do that. Yes, if we can hold on to that stable element within ourselves, then we will find that peace. Though everything is kind of topsy and turvy and everything. Society has been changing and these changes have been accelerated now, because of these, this pandemic, and these kind of huge, uh, you can say, responses from the human side, mm -hmm. psychologically, and then from the standpoint of computers, from the standpoint of professions and everything. So this has somehow, we have learned how to maneuver ourselves to. We hope we can use the spiritual unchangingness, which is called the reality. Right. Hold on to, then we will find that peace. peace yeah. Peace. So let's talk about some practical tools we can use. Because, I mean, obviously one practical tool is turn off the TV but we can't turn off everything, you know, we'll still no. hear it on the street or in the grocery store, or see it in the newspaper or on the computer or whatever. Okay. What are some practical tools to cope with the stresses and the anxiety that comes with all these changes? First thing is stick to science, stick to authentic voices. Those voices which have credibility. It's not something some, and nowadays everybody are experts. They're suddenly popping out all over the place. No, we need experts who have credibility. So this will keep us 
you can say, less upset about a mission. Secondly, there are many people taking advantages of people's weaknesses during the, you know, when, when these changes happen so fast, we are all vulnerable. So don't get fooled. Check, double check, triple check. If you get a spam call, okay, you know it's a spam call. Something like that. I'm just giving you a kind of an illustration. And uh, don't fall for it. So just to be conscious, be aware of things, that itself will keep you away from the detrimental effects of the change. Yeah, practical tools. And then prayer is a very powerful, you can say, element to yeah. stabilize. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for those who are in Yemen and Sudan and Ukraine. Pray. That will give a tremendous stability. <clears throat> and then as Vedantins, we must know there are these two things, the ch changing and the unchanging. That's why one of the epithets of the Atman is the immovable. Mm. Achala. The immovable. Sri Ramakrishna gives an example of an intellect or a kind of a conviction which is as strong as an anvil. Mm. You can take anything and use the anvil to make those changes. You can hammer them. Those things. The anvil is stable. It is unchanging, unmoving. So Sri Ramakrishna said, Kutastha buddhi, the buddhi, the conviction that is unshakable. So this is what, and how do we get this Kutastha buddhi? By knowing that the reality is unchanging. And I am that reality. Of course, this is like the Yoga Sutra they will say, all these changes are, that are going in the mind, if you still them, that is called yoga. Or yoga Chitta Vritti Niroda. Every ripple in the mind is a change. So you stop all changes by stopping the mind. And towards the end, they say, kill the mind. <gasps> Kill the mind that changes. Mm. So Totapuri used to polish his brass pot and it would shine like gold. So Sri Ramakrishna asked him, why do you have to do that? He said, you see, it's like meditation. If you don't meditate, your mind will collect all the kind of stains and dirt and it will get tarnished. So like you have to meditate every day to remove off all the stains and all the, you can say, dirt, etc. So then Sri Ramakrishna says, suppose the, the water pot is made of gold, you don't have to polish it. Mm. Then Totapariya smile, ah, that is good. That's good. So once you understand your divine nature, your mind turns into a golden mind. That's then it's what not we going all to strive for. Again. Yeah. So yeah. you don't need to kind of ah, clean. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so... Sri Ramakrishna has come to tell us this, to teach us this. 
Yeah, and yeah. we we're so lucky because it wasn't that long ago that he was here. Oh yeah. So we still know swamis who you know were swamis or swamis of disciples, swamis students of yeah. his disciples. There's still right. this lineage where we still have a oh, connection, yeah. a real connection, yeah. less than six degrees of connection. Oh, so yeah. right now we've got some time for Q&A. So anybody who would like to ask Swami a question, um, and I'm sure there's some great questions out there, just unmute yourself and jump in. Yeah, who's there? Is it Kalpana, Nindita, Sukirta, Mitraji? I think Sukirta, Buzz is you here. Buzz always has good questions. Marcia was here, but she had to leave early. Oh, here's <laughs> What's your question, Sukirta? No, I just came late. I have no questions. But yeah, you talk about change. You know, change. You want to do, you want to change, and you at the same time, in all of us, we want change, and yet at the same time, we don't want change. In the sense of we need to have a control over those changes. So sometimes society changes dramatically. Sometimes it goes to periods of very slow change. Very, very. It takes thousands and thousands of years sometimes for changes to be made. But here we have another element. It's like you know, when you look around the world, we have been changing the world. We have changed our dogs and cats and cows and horses, our food and flowers and everything. Humans have changed all these things. So what I was trying to get at is there is now a power that's there now in human hands, which had been there for thousands of years. We have been cross-breeding things Hybrid, hybridization and all these things. And we have all these flowers and fruits, they were not there as they are today. It is the human element that has changed. And today with the research in genetics and genome, genomic research, we have still a very powerful you can say, tool to have changes. So there is an hour, an added responsibility to our life. We have been changing things. Now we need to see that the changes are beneficial. Mm. When you can do that, then changes are not going to affect you dramatically. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, change yeah. doesn't have to be scary. Change can be exciting and yeah. new. And we and we still don't know what's going to come out of this pandemic. I mean, already, you know, yes, a lot of people died. That's there's no getting around that. It was terrible. And we need to also look at all the good things that have come out of it in as far as connecting the world and the leaps and bounds of science, yes. you know, that have come. Yes. Yes. Uh, because yeah. of it. Because what happens is that a lot of countries have gone into debt. The trillions and trillions of dollars in debt, like in the US. Now, the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren 
will be born with huge debt. I mean, on paper, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side, there is a spiritual debt that we have to pay. And if you can do that, that to all our past mistakes. Oh, sorry, I did this wrong and that. Okay, fine, fine. Okay. Get down to spirituality and you'll see that you have paid off all debts. You're free. Mm-hmm. So when Swami Vivekananda was in one time when he was in Kashmir, so he says, when death approaches me, he takes two pebbles and bangs them into. I become as hard as this. So changes, the ultimate change, all this death, etc., will not make you fearful. So he's saying that's how I become. So it's like this. Okay. Yeah. That is that spiritual strength that comes. You can handle any kind of change, any kind of whether it's psychological, social, individual, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anybody have any last comments or questions or anything for Swami? Buzz. Buzz. I wanted to say thank you, Swami, yes, because what it brought to mind is the thing that I always tell people. <clears throat> We're humans. <laughs> we live in yeah. this universe, but we look at the oneness of God. He is moving forward the universe. Sometimes oh, yeah. we're okay, sometimes we're not. But if yeah. you always look at the changes in life as moving everything forward in a positive way, I think that helps you physically, mentally, and, and spiritually, and helps the world. So yeah, good Swami Vivekananda one time he says, uh, "Oh Lord, you beareth the burden of the whole world. Help me bear the burden of this little life." So nice, nice. Yeah, it's all in God's hands, Mother's hands, Ramakrishna's oh, hands. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Everything is in their hands. <laughs> yeah, just pray to them. Have faith. Control what you can control. I mean, if that's the takeaway from this, it's control what you can control, and have faith that what you can't control is in God's hands. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Change and change and change. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. If we're experiencing change, that means we're alive. That means we have hope for spiritual growth. Exactly. That means we can still get enlightened. We're yes. not dead yet. <laughs> because it is, uh, if you're, if I have done something wrong, I am, I have the capacity to change myself, to become better. So that power, it has to be used positive. So I can, I can myself become good. I can help others become good. So it is not uh, stamping you forever. That person can never change. No, the person can change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Can you chant us out? Thank you. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you, Shamiji. Thank you. Thank you for coming together. And it has been such a long time. I'm 
Yes, and it feels like a very together. long time. Yes. Yeah. Can you give us a little chant? Nice. Yeah. Sorry? Can you give when us a little chant out? Yeah. Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Tatsat Shri Ram Krishna Panamastu Om Peace 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 Whatever we have done may it be as an offering to Shri Ram Krishna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love, love to bye all bye. of Seattle. Bye bye. Everybody bye. happy. Bye. 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 bye, everybody.